The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Today, we're looking at week 14 of the NFL season. Katie Mox here, joined by Will Brinson and our Pick Show squad, RJ White and Alex Selznick, aka Prop Stars, the finest from Sportsline.com. This episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. And if you like winning picks, make sure you sign up at Sportsline.com and use the promo code PICK to get your first month for just $1. The last episode on the feed, Brady Quinn and Lee J. Doosable discussed the glut of quarterback injuries. Oh, yeah, the glut of quarterback injuries um, and what a CFP-style playoff would look like in the NFL. Check it out on our YouTube channel or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, fellas, week 13 was great for me. Personal reasons, betting reasons. Uh, 49ers, obviously, big win there. And Mox, don't let her heat up. Six and one. We're back over 500, baby. It's been a battle to get here. I'm pretty stoked. Six, it's, it's, it's crazy how a, like you, I mean, it's, it makes sense, but you forget like a heater of a week can flip your whole season around. Yeah. You know, like you're like several games under, under 500 grinding, and all of a sudden it's like, Boom, six and one, and the only one you lost was the George Kittle over re- all over receptions that you thought was going to hit. I mean, he would have hit his regular over on receptions, I think, right? And that was at like minus one sixty six or something. Mm. And he almost he almost had five, but he dropped one uh, in the first. Uh, Brinson went three and three, broke even. RJ had his first losing week in a very long time, but he's still obviously well over five hundred. Uh, and Prop Stars went three and one as well. So pretty good week across the board for everybody. Yeah, nice job, everybody. Way to, way to go. Um, I, I don't. I had something else I was going to follow up on, but I don't know what the hell it was. So, all right, RJ. Uh, before we get, uh, before we move on, any takeaways uh, from you from week thirteen? 
Yeah, it was an interesting week. Um, some weird stuff happened. The you know I thought that there was going to be some some bounce back from the underdogs because the week before it was a huge week for favorites, and so the lines inflated mm-hmm. a bit. And then that sun hit did not happen. Just favorites rolled again for the most part, and and um, <clears throat> really needed the Jaguars on my teaser to to stay three and three um, on Monday night, and that didn't happen. I don't know what what where the Jacksonville defense went for that game, but uh, so I was kind of disappointing. But yeah, it was an interesting week. We'll see now. If the the lines are again overinflated and and the the dogs roll again, so it feels like either one of these weeks the dogs are going to roll or just these bad teams are going to give up because they're just going to look at the draft. So so we'll see what what uh what moves first year. Actually, I knew what I was going to say. One, um, we're all sort of clustered there. I think I'm in. What was I? Can you toss the? Well, no, it's gone now. But like uh, the I think the the best betting record. Like I think I'm last at like forty six something percent, and then. RJ's in first place at like 52%, but there's not enough games where you can't like make it up and actually flip it pretty good. And then I was going to point out that uh, screw Russell Wilson throwing that interception late. Like, go win the freaking game, dude. <laughs> and I mean, that, that, like, you had the, te- <laughs> had the Texans, RJ had the Broncos, I had the Broncos. And then the Titans, you missed the extra point. Are you effing kidding me? You score a touchdown to tie it up and miss the extra point because you're freaking. Holder has gotten black. They fired their special teams coach because the holder got injured. And as a result, ended up, uh, it's just, I mean, like that's, that really grinds. That's football, my- baby. Sometimes huh? you're on the right side and sometimes well, you're on the right side of both of those. Oh my God. <laughs> get bent, dude. <laughs> I wonder why you were cackling. I, mean, like, I knew the Texas. Yeah. I didn't realize you were on the Colts. So like that, like that flips everything though. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden I'm having a great week. You're like, uh, don't. Yeah. No. Anyway. Great. Look, I went, I went, oh, y'all remember, I went 0 and 6 one week and then I took the next week off. So that 0 and 6 stuck with me for two weeks long. So don't, don't mind me for gloating a little bit. I will say, Prop Stars lost a bet to me. He should be wearing a 49ers jersey. He says it's on the way. I, I thought I, it for the entire episode. I thought I had quite a bit of 49ers regalia here, Katie. I was misinformed i have some uh stuff in route right now on our monday ah, podcast i will be okay. adorned in plenty of 49ers gear all right well that and is no, 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 no 49ers gear on money you gotta get a you gotta get brock tober tattooed across your like a Four no regrets although brock tober wasn't that good no brock tober not great yeah not good for him all right guys let's uh let's move on to week 14 here please note that the lines and the odds are subject to change all the way up until kickoff we're hitting these at about 2 p.m on thursday so check with your book before tailing but we will get right into it first game that we are looking at is the Rams at the Ravens Ravens laying seven and a half this total 40 and a half um Ravens coming off a bye Brinson are they gonna roll yeah I think that the Rams are a good team you know how my affinity for the Rams I, like, I really do I think they're I think they're a good football team also like kind of a little flustered I thought this was seven I thought it was seven I swear I got seven on sports time. Maybe I maybe I hadn't plugged it in yet. I was looking for seven and a half. I'll still take the set. Nope, I think I got seven and a half. I'll still take the seven and a half. That's fine. Whatever. No, I got seven on I got seven on uh on sports line. Can I take seven? Would I have to go no, seven, seven, and seven and a half now in the market, basically everywhere for okay. the show. You're I know. I hate when that happens to us. It's kind of yeah. If you can, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I still don't necessarily know that it matters. Baltimore has a buy to get healthy. Um they have dominated in Lamar Jackson's tenure since since taking over NFC teams. They don't see Lamar enough. 
The Rams haven't seen this offense, this Todd Munkin offense. Mark Andrews missing is a problem. I know Jason Lockenford wrote up on Sportsline as well, and you can join Sportsline. $1 for your first month, sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code PICK. Uh, JLC points out that this is when Lamar really gets his legs going. And we know Mark Andrews, he might start maybe rushing a little bit more uh, than he has before. Like December, you just see, you know, these games, they're fighting for the one seed. So, like, Lamar is maybe a little more likely to take off, use his legs to try to pick up first downs, to try to, you know, to try and, and produce offense. And so, especially with no Mark Andrews. But the rest, everybody gets healthy. That defense is a problem. They send a lot of different blitzes. And if the Ra- if the, if the Rams could get, it all, get, you know, quick passes off underneath to Puka Nakua and then Cooper Cup, who Cooper Cup's really been bad lately, um, then maybe the Rams can hang around. But I think the Ravens roll here, RJ. And we see uh, Baltimore cover seven or seven and a half. Yeah, this is looks like it's going to be the worst weather game probably of the mm. of Sunday. Um, and when you get those windy conditions and bad rain, I think that obviously is going to help the the better running team. And that you talk about Lamar Jackson losing using his legs, he's probably going to do a lot more of that in that type of situation. I mean, if you look at how, you know, I know you like to look at how teams do after the bye with your Andy Reid thing. The Baltimore hasn't covered the last three after the bye, but they dominated yardage each of those games. So I think they they actually play well after the bye, and the score has just gone gone weird on them. John Harbaugh, um, a Reed guy, of course, too. Right. Rams defense, 14th in yards per play, solid across the board. Toughest test, though, since giving up 43 points in Dallas. I don't know that, that Baltimore is going to score 43 with these bad conditions. I do think they'll probably cover your number. I Teasing it down to one and a half is the clear move here, especially since there's another great teaser game on the board. So I tease Baltimore down to one and a half. I also am taking best bet Kyron Williams over 17 and a half receiving yards in these bad conditions. I expect Stafford to do more short throws, more dumping off to Williams in questionable weather. And I could see him blowing by this number pretty easily. I mean, he, since he came from the back from the IR, he had a 60 yard game and I think a 24 yard game. Um, And so it seems pretty likely he's going to top this number. Prop, you got a Kyron Williams uh, bet as well, right? I do indeed, Brinson. Yeah, I'm going to actually fade Kieran Williams under 68 and a half rushing yards. I just think this is four to five yards too high for Kieran. He's been a phenomenal player, uh, you know, pretty much out of nowhere here for the Rams. But this Baltimore defense is so balanced. They're almost as good as they are against the pass with the best pass defense in the league. They rank top 10 in nearly every rushing metric. They've had the bye week as well. I think they're going to really single in hone in on shutting down Williams. They are extremely healthy. They had every single player on the roster, uh, minus one, uh, I believe. I I think it was Rashad Bateman was the only player not to practice yesterday as well. So they are healthy. They're the healthiest team in football right now at the right time. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough day for Kieran Williams as far as his rushing uh, total is concerned. So I'm going to fade him here. And I think you could also make the claim, too, that like that pass, the reception receiving yards over and the rushing yards under are correlated along with Baltimore minus seven. Like it wouldn't, if, 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 if Baltimore minus seven hits, I bet all of these bets hit, I mean, obviously the one and a half teaser and then there's two. Absolutely. Teams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I think they easily uh, can both come in. All right. Oh my God. How do I get stuck talking about the Panthers? <laughs> You're Panthers. Even worse. Though, Keep pounding. Start pounding. <laughs> um, anytime you want to start pounding, guys. <laughs> you feel like a pound today? Yeah. If anyone cared to pound. Um, <laughs> of course, I say that, and then I'm immediately taking the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> five and a half is the best bet. Uh, look, here's here's what I wrote up on, uh, on my picks post and then on uh, sportsline.com. Panthers catching five and a half on the road in New Orleans. The game total is 37 and a half. 
That's a low game total. It's actually a little bit higher. I don't mind the under there as well. I think you won't see a ton of scoring. The quarterback situation, though, would dictate my my decision-making on the over the under. But I think the quarterback situation is what makes me like the Panthers getting the five and a half. If Derek Carr plays, and for the love of me, I can't figure out why he just won't take a week's rest. Like I love that like, David Carr is out here suggesting Jalen Hurts needs to sit because he's too hurt to play and they need to put Marcus Mariota out there. How about, you, how about you text your brother the same advice, bro? He's in concussion protocol and he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He has no business being out there for the Saints. Uh, Panthers you know, defense is, is good, not great, but I mean they can get after the passer. And Derek Carr gets hurt every week. Let Jameis play one week. He's scared he's going to lose his job. If, they, if Derek Carr plays, it's going to be dump, 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 dump to Alvin Kamara, try to feed Chris Olave some. And then if James Winston plays, there's the Panthers have the upside of creating a turnover, getting good field position, actually scoring points, or taking a pick, uh, taking an interception to the house because that's what Jameis likes to do. So the volatility at the quarterback position is what makes me like the Panthers here, catching five and a half in a divisional game. And look, Carolina uh, lost again last week, but they kept it close with Tampa. There needs to be an incentive here for this interim staff to make this team for this team to try hard and to win some games, so you can possibly uh, be involved with the next uh, coaching hire, which is unlikely. But uh, I think two bad teams. Panthers keep it within three points. I would tend to agree, Brinson, and I also have a best bet uh, on Chuba Hubbard. This is probably my favorite bet so far on the board. It's Chuba Hubbard to eclipse 12 and a half rushing attempts. Chuba Hubbard is coming off of arguably the best game of his career last week, handled 25 of the 32 uh, Panthers rushing attempts, which is just a massive uh, share there, ended up scoring two touchdowns, had triple-digit rushing yards. Now we're facing a Saints team that is depleted, who are a major run funnel. This isn't the same. Saints defense that we've seen in recent years. That's been one of the more dominant defenses in the NFL. Teams are choosing to run on the Saints often here. So I love this spot for Hubbard, who seems to be Chris Tabor and the new coaching staff's uh, favorite running back. As far as Miles Sanders is concerned, he has been relegated to simply a uh, third down specialist and just to spell Hubbard, really not being, hasn't been on the field much at all, playing less than 30% of the snaps in back-to-back weeks. I have this number at 15 and a half as far as my personal projections are concerned. So we're getting a significant edge here. So I really like this Hubbard play over 12 and a half rushing attempts. I love that. All right, let's move on to Indianapolis Colts laying one and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. This total 43 and a half. I don't know if y'all remember last Thursday when I said that Jake Browning might not be as bad as we all thought. And then that looked a little bit trappy. And then how about Jake Browning <laughs> last week? Uh, yeah, full certain- peacock mocks this week. I like it. <laughs> You know, when the Niners win big, I'm insufferable. And everybody should just know that about me. <laughs> You've um, earned it, Katie. You've earned I, it. I suffered a three-game losing streak. I suffered two weeks of zero and six. Okay, just let me have this. <laughs> truly, truly. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, this Niners team has been so tough to deal with over the last several years. <laughs> yeah, we've had our adversity. Three whole games that we only scored 17 <laughs> points. Um, all right, guys. So I'm looking at Jake Browning, actually, again, uh, in this one. I was looking at some of his stats. Um, and I'm taking him over his rush yards. That's at 12 and a half at minus 119. It's a small sample size. He's had two full games. He came in, obviously, um, in that Ravens game. But he's averaging about 23.7 rushing yards 
per game in those three ever since Joe Burrow went down. It's about 7.9 yards per attempt. When you look at the Colts, they're actually allowing um, this number, 13-plus rush yards to opposing quarterbacks in 61% of games this season. They actually give up the fourth most rushing yards to the position this season. So I like Browning to be a little bit shifty here. I'm taking him over on his rushing yard prop. But you, Brinson, like the Colts. Yeah, I don't know how all of my um, how all of my picks ended up at the top of the the, the rundown. How could that have happened? Um, and by the way, I actually just went through and took a look. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, fully fifty six hundred dollars in in D- DFS. Not a bad little. Uh, and like, it looks like he'll be pretty fair. Yeah, really under owned, like under like under ten percent, under seven percent. So that's actually I'm just I'm actually saying that out loud. So that way, when I don't play him, I can get mad at myself for mentioning it on this podcast. But I'm going to take the Colts here. Do you know how many sacks the Colts have in the last three weeks? Or last four weeks? Three or four weeks. It's 21. It's a lot. They've been sacking. They've been getting after the quarterback. This Colts defense has been really aggressive. They've stepped up in a big way. Um, They're playing great football. Gardner Minshew, like, I don't know, Gardner Minshew, Jake Browning, relatively, like, uh, Jake Browning played well. I think he's think. I think, he comes, think. I, I liked him at Washington. I think he comes back to earth a little bit. I think he got a Wazoo Washington rivalry. They might have played in an Apple Cup, actually. Yeah. Um, I think I think the Colts get enough done here. And I'm not sure if Jonathan Taylor's back. I don't know that it necessarily matters. I think Zach Moss is going to go. Uh, Moss should have much better success. This, the Cincy defense looks really bad against Jacksonville. And I like the Colts to figure out a way to get this win and to, to move to eight and five and to really establish themselves as a playoff team. Yeah, speaking of Zach Moss, I have him to score a touchdown. Just assuming he plays, if he doesn't, this bet will be null. But if he does play, I mean, this Cincy defense has given up a ton of touchdowns to teams. I believe nine of the last 11 games, our running back has scored a touchdown. Um, and that the either Jonathan Taylor or um, Zach Moss has scored a touchdown for the Colts in nine of 11 games. Um, you know, and it didn't happen last week against Tennessee. I think it's going to happen here. Uh, this total is going up. It's 43 and a half. Now it was 41 or 40 and a half earlier. That tells you the weather's clearing up here. So Jake Browning will have a chance to throw it around to these weapons a little bit. might be a little more scoring than initially expected. And I think Zach Moss is pretty clearly going to get in the end zone here if he plays. Yeah. And I like Zach Moss as well for a lot of the reasons RJ mentioned, but I'm going with his rushing total over 68 and a half rushing yards. Sands, Jonathan Taylor. Moss has an absolute stranglehold on all of the Colts backfield touches played 94% of the snaps last week uh, without Jonathan Taylor, who's reportedly missing three to five weeks because of this thumb injury. I think it's highly unlikely that Jonathan Taylor ends up playing. And then against the Cincinnati run defense, which is bottom five in nearly every single defensive rushing metric, EPA allowed per rush, defensive run grade, run stop win rate. This has been a bad Bengals run defense. I think the Colts get back to uh, a heavy concentrated run run, game planning. I think last week was honestly closer to Moss's floor when he handled 19 touches uh, than his ceiling in a game where he could literally have 25 to 30 attempts or excuse me touches total touches in this game so really like rj's look here also like him to sail over his rushing yards i like all of zach moss's props this week yeah he's gonna be like 40 plus percent owned in uh in dfs but with good reason he's like 5900 bucks the titans were really bad were, were really good against the run they were bad for like a little stretch there but they're a good run defense they're a pass funnel and you saw that like michael Pittman, 16 targets right alex pierce alec pierce wide open down the field this game could actually turn into a decent little shootout if um, if things kind of, you know, it's one of those shootouts where it's like 
suddenly Gardner Minshew and Jake Browning are just whipping the ball over the place. There's such good receivers on both sides of the ball that it wouldn't be surprising, but I agree with you guys. I think Zach Moss gets a big load in terms of his carries this week. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cleveland Browns. This line uh, shifted massively. Man, yeah. Trevor Lawrence was out. I put it in as a best bet on Sportsline when – um, and again, sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code PICK for your first month for a buck. When it was announced that C.J. Bathard is also on the injury report. Walker Little. <gasps> yes. Yeah, C.J. Bathard was on the Wednesday injury report. Walker Little uh, at, is, is hurt as well. I think he got hurt on the play where he, he stepped on Trevor Lawrence's ankle. Uh, he was banged up in that game. Travis Etienne looks like he's dealing with some injuries. The defense for the Jaguars was a disaster against the Bengals and Jake Browning. Like, like RJ said, it went, it fell off a cliff completely. Cleveland weather looks to be pretty nasty here. Oh. And the Browns, even with their backups all over the place on offense, have at least can run the ball well. Joe Flacco, I thought it was a really creative job by Kevin Stefanski early in the game last week for Cleveland. You get the little, um, it was a play action sort of play action wheel route to the opposite side for, for Jerome Ford, who is wide open. They're going to, they know that this defense is going to be able to limit because Trevor Lawrence ain't playing this game. They're going to be able to limit, limit CJ Beathard and the Jacksonville offense. And they know if they score 14 to 17 points in this weather, you're, you basically be forcing Beathard to drop back a ton and throw in bad weather against a really good defense. Denzel Ward coming back for the Browns. I think Cleveland kind of snuffs the Jaguars out here. Yeah. yeah, you know, really disappointed Jaguars team coming off a tough home loss on Monday Night Football, tons of injuries, and, you know, you just don't have your quarterback. It's a tough spot for Jacksonville. The weather might not be that bad. I think that early in the week we were projecting it could look pretty bad. Uh, yesterday it seems like it's lightened, it's lightened up in that area of the country, so the Bengals game and this game seems like it's not going to be as bad as it will for some of the, the more northeastern teams. Uh, so you saw the total creep up in the in the Bengals game because of that. This one is starting to creep up. It's thirty one and a half now at FanDuel. Was thirty and a half earlier in the day. Um, you know, I don't know how how they're going to be much scoring in this game considering the quarterbacks involved. And it's interesting that I don't think the Browns have announced who's going to play quarterback in bad weather. I would assume Torian, Dorian Thompson Robinson would be a better look there um, because he's not going to give you much in the pass game anyway. He can run around with his mobility, pick up some first downs. Mm. If, if the weather's fine, which it looks like it's trending that way, you get Joe Flacco in there to throw all over this this uh, Jaguars defense that made Jake Browning look like Joe Burrow. So I think maybe they were looking at how the weather was going to be, and then they're going to decide who the quarterback is. If, they, if that is the case, very savvy move by the coaching staff there to determine their game plan based on how the weather outlook is. And uh, since it is clearing up, I think it'll be Flacco. I think the Browns probably win. Don't have a lot of expectation for this Jaguars team with Lawrence out. Yeah, than everybody else. Uh, all right, next up, Tampa Bay at the Falcons. Falcons laying one and a half this total. 40 and a half. Um, RJ, you're going to lay the short number with Atlanta. Yeah, the line came down. I think there's professional money came in on Tampa Bay uh, at two and a half to knock it down to one and a half. I'm a little bit against that. I thought the line should be three in the first place. I think it's because there's defensive injuries for Atlanta that we're looking at and monitoring, seeing who's gonna, what's going to happen. AJ Terrell dealing with the concussion being one of them, and uh, the Buccaneers getting Levante David back at linebacker is a big thing for them. I think Atlanta's offense either way is going to have an easier time at home they did last week against the Jets, where they averaged just three point three point zero yards per play, and this Tampa defense still missing a bunch guys on the back end even with david back um and uh tampa Bay had, has had a more convincing one last week 
Cracks in the armor of the run defense, though, which Atlanta wants to lean on here. Atlanta's defense quietly solid across the board. It's not just one guy doing it. Top 10 versus the pass and the run. Second on third down, first in the red zone. I think it's going to take an explosive play from Mike Evans uh, to reach the end zone here. And if they don't get it, I'm not sure they do. So I think Atlanta wins one of these classic Falcons home games, uh, you know, a uh, 21, 20 to 16 type of game and a cover and wins by three or four points. So because it's come down just a little bit and we get that two in play, I like Atlanta minus one and a half as a best bet. I think it should be three. Surprised by the total here at all? 40 and a half is pretty high for these. I, mean, I guess you can pass on Tampa Bay. I think it's going to go up for sure. You think it'll go up? Yeah, I think take okay. it now if you like it. Okay. All right, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. We come back more of week 14 plus the pick six parlay. It's going to be a winner this week, folks. We promise like we do every week. We'll see you in a sec. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. It's time now for the Pick 6 Parlay, where we each select a game for a four-leg Moneyline Parlay, but there are some rules. First, the person with the best record, hello. The previous week gets to add their first leg, then it goes second, and so on. And um, the best overall record is a tiebreaker. By the end, we have to have at least one money, excuse me, dog in there. So um, there does have to be one one, uh, one flyer, I guess, if you will. This pick six peg Pick six parlay segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Uh, okay, let's look at last week. We went you half won. And you half. six and one. Huh? Oh, half and half on the parlay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. half and half. The Dolphins. We had the Dolphins, Jags, Rams, Eagles. Dolphins um, and the Rams took care of business, uh, but obviously the Trevor Lawrence injury kind of hurt us there, and we all know what happened with the Eagles and the 49ers. Um, I think we all know what I'm doing well, here. Before, 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 just just worth noting. Yeah, Harry did include the fr- the the verb scuppered, scuppered, scuppered which I believe is a a British verb. I mean, it's an English verb, but it's uh, it's an, it's from British origin. I think it means to scrap. Is that right, Harry? Close enough. Sounds good. Yeah, scrap. It it, it destroyed our plans. It was scuppered. It scuppered our plan pretty much. Pretty right, much. Thank you. Very impressed. Uh, all right, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to pick the Niners, who are laying 10 and a half, but we will take them at minus 620. Who could have seen that coming? Not Biggest shock of the week there, Katie. <laughs> I am up next year, guys. Are Monday night games eligible for this? They are, because we're, we're talking about them every week now. Okay, so I will take Miami's money line against Tennessee. Also a good one. Uh, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up next. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Trying to plug this in and see. I'm trying, well, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Ravens at minus 360, and I'll let RJ be the, be the dog whisperer here. That is fine by me. There's actually a, several dogs, I think. That's, are, are I, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> and um, and I think we could actually make a parlay with all dogs if we wanted to. Because I think there's mm. going to be a decent number of dogs win. So my, my choices here come down to the Raiders at home, plus 138. The Broncos in L.A., which doesn't have a home field advantage anyway, at plus 126. Then maybe the Bears at plus 144. So of those three teams, a little bit more confident in the Raiders. I think that line got way out of, out of whack, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So I'm going to throw them in there at plus 138 to win at home against Minnesota. I like that. Uh, that's a So that gives us a total of – so we have the Dolphins – excuse me, the – 49ers minus 620, the Dolphins minus 800, the Ravens minus 360, and the Raiders plus 138. That gives us a plus 297 parlay, just on a hair under three to one. I mean, look, we felt good about the Jaguars. The Jaguars are Monday night, too. So, yeah, Monday night definitely counts. We, uh, you know, we felt good about that. Nobody felt good about the Eagles, um, but that's okay. Well, one person did. Well, I know. I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, the point being is like, look, I think if the Raiders win this game, if the Raiders beat the Vikings at home, which they definitely can do, then we win this parlay. I would be stunned if any of those three teams, those three heavy favorites were upset. Wouldn't you guys agree? I would agree. Yeah, we'll see if anything weird happens in Seattle, San Francisco. You know, you get those rematch games for divisional, you know, opponents where anything can happen. Gino was hurt in that first game. Um, so I'm not saying that Seattle's going to win. I'm not saying I would even bet them on the plus whatever it is. 10 right, and a half. But they might keep it close, right? But it could be a weird game, a little bit lower scoring than you expect, and then anything can happen late. All right, this Pick 6 Parlay segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Brinson, I want to say real quick, because there was a question in the chat. Moneyline means outright winner, not against the spread. Yeah, did I say against the spread? No, no, no. Someone asked in the chat what what Moneyline meant, so I just... Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Moneyline means... Uh, Moneyline just means, like, because yes, basically, yeah. the, the, the way the, the, the lexicon works is there's a line with a... Like, it's... The spread has the normal... Is usually... I mean, now it's different with all the books, but it's minus 110, so you're just paying the, the standard juice, the vig of, like, 10 cents for each bet for each dollar but um the uh but the money line there's an actual price the money price assigned to the favorite and to the underdog sometimes both teams are minus money um and that's that's the money line is just straight up don't have to cover anything just straight up yes and the reason why we're betting these very very heavy money line people is because we're putting them in parlay so we can kind of get down in some of that juice especially if we add a dog into it all right moving on i mean three to one for four teams and like three of them are like seven plus point favorites this week is a winner people lock it in the pick six parlay um okay so moving on for more games looking at the lions lane all aboard what all aboard all aboard eat it Stop yelling at me. Um, all right. Detroit Lions laying three at the Chicago Bears. This total 43 and a half. Um, only I have a best bet on this game. And I'm looking at you, Jared Goff, to throw over one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, Goff and the Lions have kind of struggled with ball control um, over the last few weeks. I believe they've had like six turnovers um, in the last three games. But he still has thrown 
at least two touchdown passes in four straight games. The Bears' pass defense has been kind of hit or hit or miss. Obviously, they looked um, really good last week, but they're up against a good quarterback and some good pass catchers. You got Amonra St. Brown, you got Sam Laporta coming off of a big week himself. Um, and overall, Chicago ranks 30th in passing touchdowns allowed. So I do think that Jared Goff um, gets two. It's at minus 111. RJ, any thoughts on this matchup? Another total that's probably going to rise up now that the we know the weather is not going to be <laughs> as bad in the Midwest. So if you like it, get the over now because um, these two teams should play a little more high-scoring game, you would think. Detroit's defense, just 21st in yards per play, 30th in red zone rate, where even the bad Saints red zone offense went four for four last week with their injury issues. So I think the Bears can score some points here. Obviously, we know the Lions can score some points, but the Chicago defense also improving with better health, ranked second in yards per rush and improving against the pass too. Um, if this was a bad weather game, I would look to fade golf, obviously outdoors. I think if you can get the three and a half, it, it's smart to get that. Um, and it might still rise up to three and a half because I think this line should probably be around the two range. Um, I got it on look ahead um, here at, at um, the, the the book down here in Florida at five and a half. So um, I'm going to, I'm hoping for that number, obviously going to lock in a good number there, but I think the line should be under three. At this they legalize betting again in Florida. We do. Yeah. But it's only, th- it's only through the, the hard rock or whatever. Through the one, through yeah. the, the tribe, right? The Seminole Correct. tribe. Yeah. But say, could you, could you use it like hard rock bet or whatever? I saw that app. Like somebody was like promoting that app. Yes. Okay. Are, I mean, I'm too much into it because you know this. You know we're not not everybody's gonna have access to it. Now, yeah, but. we're yeah, we're, we're, but I mean, I but I I, yeah, I knew that they had like discussed adding it back in. I would point out um, just on this game, love. Okay, look, can I can I be transparent about my my pick here, RJ? Please. Is that okay for my? Please always my, be transparent. My total pick. Well, no. So like, I put in a bet on the under for this game on Sportsline early in the week because I was checking out Chicago weather. Hmm. And this game on like Monday was projecting for 30 plus mile an hour wins. You get Jared Goff. All right. I forgot you talked about this on Monday. Yeah. We told, yeah, we told us on Monday. I was like, go ahead. I said that the total was going to drop. Oh, no. Maybe I ended up going with something else, but I, th- I thought this total was yeah, going to drop. We talked about, I forgot. Yeah. Well, so, and this is one, this is just one. I think this is, um, one of the important things when you when you start thinking about weather and how you're going to bet games and whether you're going to bet a total or not. So, on Monday, it's tough to know exactly what the weather is going to be on Sunday. Like even, um, even like the most staunch like meteorologist slash you know, smart sharpest sports gamblers are not going to know weather is going to move around. So, for instance, now on but the, the reason I bring this up is it's important to keep an eye on this because weather now on Saturday is projecting Friday is heavy wind, like 17, 18 miles an hour in the morning. Fifteen gets down to ten at night. And then Saturday in the morning, 17 miles an hour, 22 mile an hour, 19 mile an hour, all over the place. Chicago stuff, right? Tons of rain. Saturday's going to have tons of rain and tons of wind. And then Sunday is looking like it's going to be really cold. It's one of those classic cold fronts, right? It comes through. It's going to drop it down high at 36. It'll be cold, but it's not going to be super windy. Now, if for some reason that shifts and that weather goes back to being Sunday, look towards the under. But I think RJ's right. I think we see the total move up. I would, I would want to back the Bears here. Make Lions defense cratering recently. Justin Fields is going to use his legs a bunch. They've used him smartly in that game plan. Jared Goff and cold weather. I don't, I don't know if there's necessarily something to that anymore as much as there was before, but I do think Jared Goff outdoors and really cold weather. I'd be interested in it. And I, I have the under here, so I'm not going to play the over, but I think if you like the over, you should take it now because it is probably going to go up. And we could see if the weather is not bad with the wind, 
a, an explosive Detroit passing game. Sam Laporta, Goff, Amron St. Brown, and then the Bears coming back. Like, it's a pretty good look in uh, DFS as well. Texans, minus three and a half at the New York Jets. A total of 33 and a half. Need to look. I know like, Wilson playing again, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, man, just wild, like, how he was considering not playing. I sort of understand it from some perspective. The total 33 and a half, if you're wondering why. You see Aaron Rodgers came out and kind of trashed the organization saying that they're leaking things about yeah, Zach Wilson. Just a ba- yeah, it's a bad look. It was especially because it was leaked about Aaron Rodgers, too, that he told Zach Wilson to play. But yeah, like that's a problematic thing as an organization as a whole if that's getting leaked out there. It is looking like this game's at 1 o'clock, right? I believe. Looking like 16 to 23 mile per hour win the entire time. 65% chance of rain. Lots of humidity. It's going to be like in the 60s and rainy and windy. Really? Yeah, not great weather for anyone involved. I would lean really? towards taking the points with the Jets just because I think it's a sloppy, close game and you're getting three and a half points at home. Um, Houston, clearly the better team. Maybe yeah. comes out with a win. But uh, I, I think the un- I wouldn't. I think the under and the Jets are probably where I would be looking right now with this weather, RJ. Yeah, it's an interesting game. Houston's offense gave up five sacks with Titus Howard sideline and lost Hank Dell. So I don't know how great their offense is going to be, especially in poor conditions because they're more geared toward throwing the ball than running the ball, as we know. Jets defense can limit scoring if they show up. They've had some trouble with that because they're just hopeless on offense. Um, So you could see them, you know, kind of fade in the second half of games when it's just not it. It's interesting this line moved two points with Zach Wilson when three weeks ago we were all like, get Zach Wilson out of there. He should never play professional football again. And now he's he's out here to save the Jets and moving the line two points. I thought that was interesting. Houston's defense was excellent (laughs) last week, generating three picks against the Broncos offense that had the best interception rate in the league. They were also 0 for 11 on third down. So Houston's defense actually stepping up pretty pretty uh impressively in the Jets offense as we know and has no hope wherever the quarterback is I think the only way to look at this game even with the low total is to go under or even just the Jets under I just can't back either team on the spread at this number um but if I'm playing the game it's probably going to be Jets under but I would consider the, the full game under too I'm curious what Nico Collins looks like in this football game. He's going to be serving as the number one wide receiver for this Houston passing attack, which has obviously been incredibly impressive behind C.J. Stroud. But Tank Dell suffering the broken fibula and the season-ending injury is going to thrust Collins into that number one role. Now he's facing a Jets pass defense, which is the strength of their football team. Absolutely elite when it comes to defending the perimeter as well. They've been very good against outside boundary wide receivers. So this is a matchup I'm going to be paying very close attention to. Nico Collins, his receiving yards are 70 and a half here. I think there might be some value there potentially fading him. Yeah, the the Jets. Um, not only do they are they do they allow the fewest amount of yard receiving yards to receivers. It's like by three hundred yards. It's like not even close. They're so good. Wow. They wow. barely receivers barely get hundred yards per game on them. It's something like one hundred three. So I was looking at that too. Um, I was going to put that in as a best bet for this podcast at a seventy nine and a half. But when I, I thought it was seventy nine and a half on Fanduel, either it moved. Or, um, or I misread it because it said 73 when I went back to look at it. And as you say, it's 70 now. So I think it's just dropping. Um, yeah. I wanted to get into that that much better number, thinking that the Jets were going to do a pretty good job eliminating him. Didn't want to really play it at the 70 number. Wow. So you think, you think, prop, you think 70 and a half still has value? Uh, I would definitely lean under on it. I agree with RJ just having missed yeah. uh, if it opened close to 80. But yeah, I think 70 and a half still has some value there. Nice. Uh, I'd right. make the true line at like 63 and a half. Oh, let's pass it. 
All right, moving on. Uh, NFC West showdown, Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners laying 10 and a half. This was like 12 and a half at one point. It's already been bet down two points total, still 46 and a half. Uh, you know, Katie's taking the Niners team total over again. Everybody <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> I renamed it on Sportsline. I was like, you might as well call this the mock special. Uh, look, nine and three this season, 49ers over their team total. They're averaging just over 30 points per game at home. They've scored more than this number, 28 and a half and three of their last four during their four game winning streak. They've scored on 52% of their drives on the other side. Um, Seattle has allowed opponents to score on 48% of their drives over the last 10 games, which is best uh, for the second worst actually in the NFL. So the line feels a little bit of tra trappy. I'm not, I'm a 49ers fan. I'm not going to lay this over 10 and a half points with them, but I do have a hard time thinking that the um, Seahawks are going to be able to stop them from scoring 30 since they've done it so handedly all season long. I mean, nine and, nine and three. I mean, I mean, like we, we joke about it because you, you literally give it out every week, but if you're, <laughs> if you're giving out something that's nine and three on the season, <laughs> I don't know why you like. I'll, I'll promise you this: if this were the if this were the like the Panthers were the 49ers, not that I really I don't like the yeah. Panthers way, but you get the point. Like if I was if I was giving out something every week that was nine and three, I'd be I'd keep giving it out too. I keep I keep betting it. This is these this is what I truly love to bet every single week. Is like you said, nine and three. So hopefully, what a life uh, you what a life you lead where you can double down on your emotional your emotional investment in a football game instead of doing what I usually do, which is hedge by betting on the other team when NC State plays. Because that way, at least when my emotions are rocked to their core, I don't have to like lose money too. Yeah, the uh, the Seattle gave up 30 plus points in the last five too, and San Francisco won 134 to 49 in four games since the bye, despite three of them being on the road against potential playoff teams. So I mean, it's it's hard to to take Seattle when you look at those numbers. It's hard to take the under when you look at that because you know how many points San Francisco can score. So I get that. Just with that rematch of a divisional game, it could get a little weird. Wanted to put the over in as a best bet, but I'm gonna just lay off with that divisional angle. Yeah, I can understand why why people are laying off, but I feel like you know it's it's my duty to give that bet out every single day, uh, or every single week. Excuse me on the show. Um, all right, moving on. Minnesota Vikings laying a field goal at the Las Vegas Raiders. This total forty and a half. Um, RJ, you're looking at the Aiden O'Connells. Love the Raiders in this spot, and, and I'm surprised it might even get to three and a half. I'd be shocked if that happens. Um, in the last game before the bye, Vegas put up 6.2 yards per play against an elite Chiefs defense. Uh, ultimately could not stop Mahomes in the long run. This Vikings offense is not like the Chiefs offense, does not have a Mahomes at quarterback. Has a guy that's been turning it over a bunch at quarterback, um, and Minnesota really struggling with turnovers before the bye. Even with Justin Jefferson back, I mean, he has not played in a game environment with Josh Dobbs. I don't expect him to just roll in here and throw up 150 yards out of nowhere. Um, and Aiden O'Connell, to talk about, he's faced some tough defenses since taking over at quarterback. Hasn't been awful. You give him two weeks to prepare. I think they can come out with a, a, a game plan here to have some success against the Vikings defense. I've been banging the drum for all year. I think they're very good, very solid. This line is just way too high. Minnesota laid four and a half in Carolina, and they laid three in Chicago with Kirk Cousins, and they only covered both of those games with defensive scores. Taking this team on the road when Kirk Cousins is not the quarterback, laying three against a Raiders team that the power ratings must for, for the market must have this team in the tank with the, the, the Panthers. And that's not the team that I've seen come out here and compete with the interim coach. I think that three is way too high for this game. I would make it close to pick, which is why it was in the, in the, uh, the parlay for me. And uh, plus three is a best bet for me easily. Yeah. I mean, I think I would lean towards the, the Raiders as well. You're talking about a, a home dog 
in in a stadium where the Vikings probably haven't played. It's loud in there. The Raiders fans have been enthusiastic. Antonio Pierce, like the Raiders aren't going anywhere, but Antonio Pierce is definitely fighting. Antonio Pierce has a legitimate shot to get this full-time job. And I think right now, unless there's some Jim Harbaugh situation, and reportedly he's in negotiations with Michigan to um, to have a contract uh, extension that would prevent him from talking with NFL teams this off season. Ooh. Like that's apparently the hangup according to uh, uh, sport, uh, sports illustrated. I think uh, Richard Johnson of sports illustrated reported that earlier this afternoon. Like, I mean, Mark Davis can spend money much more freely than he could in the past. But I, if, if Antonio Pierce is awesome and like embodies the Raiders culture and wins some games down the stretch, I think you will see him give him the job because he, 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 he definitely thinks he screwed up by not giving to Rich Bisaglia and then like firing him and then going with Josh McDaniels. Now if he gets a big shiny like thing, you know, like interesting toy. Like maybe he goes after it, but you get Antonio Pierce for cheap, cheap. He is a good coach. He was said to be Arizona State's head coach before a bunch of stuff went down at the NCAA there. He's been motivational, and he's also, as uh, Leger Ducible pointed out on the podcast, the smartest teammate he ever had. So, like, I, I think this is a legitimate case of Antonio Pierce can win this job, and you got a winnable game against the Vikings. This team ain't going to lay down. I like the I like the uh, the Raiders as well. All right. We're going to take a break. Upstairs. Kitty. When we come back. Popping up. The Sunday slate. A kitty cat. But first, Sunday, it's an NFL and CBS double header early games feature key matchups between the Jaguars and Browns and the Colts facing the Bengals. Later, two of the best quarterbacks in the game square off when Josh Allen leads the Bills against Mahomes and the Chiefs. It all begins at noon Eastern with the NFL today. We can't wait. For the NFL and CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus, Broncos and Chargers. Who wins? Coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Right back here on the Pick 6 Podcast, you can hear Edith, please. My dog is having a hard time today. Um, all right, Broncos and the Chargers. Chargers laying two and a half. This total, 43 and a half. And Brinson, you're supposed to set this one up. Sorry about that. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chargers laying two and a half. You have a best bet. You're enthusiastic and your dog's barking at you. There's, there's cats and dogs. All it's, There's multiple animals yeah. in this on this podcast right now. It I is an animal it. party. Maybe more, but I got my door. Podcast. I got my door to the studio closed. Yeah, I was gonna say, where's George? Where's George at this party? Uh, RJ, do you have any pets? I do not. I, I thought Edith was reacting to to prop stars not having his 49ers jersey. What about the plot twist that would have happened if if Alex's cat jumped up and it was wearing a 49ers jersey? It would have been that would have been that would have been, 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 been amazing. Like, how do you love yeah. yeah, by the way, get the cat a jersey as well. We're gonna need to we're gonna just how much are cat, cat, cat are cat jerseys more expensive than human jerseys? They have to be, right? No, they're like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. Do they have cat jerseys? 
Well, they're like dog and cat jerseys. I mean, Edie's, Edie's got a, a 49ers cheerleader outfit and a jersey, and they're like, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks. I, I mean, I sort of detest like, the idea of, of jamming dogs in costumes because they just always look your cats. They just always look miserable whenever they do it. Don't get me wrong. That, that's actually a great point, Princeton. As far as cats are concerned, uh, restricting their movement is supposed to be very bad for them, uh, especially if they're like the whiskers are involved. So dressing cats is like a total no-no as far as like, mm. yeah, cat activists are concerned. But crazy cat ladies or crazy cat men, crazy cat people. Sorry, I don't want to be. Well, my brother, we're going to have to move on really quick because I feel like Harry's going to be like, come on, time, time, time. But oh, we were doing um, good on time. Oh, okay. All right. Well, but my brother has a cat and you he can derail to, it though in a heartbeat. <laughs> he used to dress his cat in a San Jose. This is a long time ago when the San Jose Sharks were actually a good team in a San Jose Sharks jersey. It was an indoor outdoor cat. So the cat would be cruising around downtown San Jose and it's like shark <laughs> jersey and like, you know, exciting people up. So I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. The cat like lived in a city and ran around downtown. Yeah, this was an indoor outdoor cat. Yeah, that lived in a city. It's still alive to this day, like ten years later. And you so he put, like, put like a shark jersey, and the cat would just be running around. Yeah, you imagine on like a game day, you see a cat cruising around. Yeah, that's amazing. Day. How, how much how much beer did that cat consume from fans that <laughs> see him walking out? And, and got to give this tip, tip one out for this cat. Yeah, I'm sure. People Somebody are. says that they could see me owning a turtle. Um, <laughs> A turtle, like a like a like a huge tortoise or like a small turtle. I've had I've had a cat before, but that's because my brother was like, I don't want a puppy, I want a kitty, and he like we ended up having, I ended up having to like take the cat. Uh, long story, I've had uh, I had one cat my entire life. I'm a dog guy though, but um, right now I mean like yeah, George the dog, wonky eyed wonky eyed prince of uh, a blue court. George George the the, the wonky eyed spaniel. So. But I, I'm a, I'm a, I prefer the big dogs. Anyway, speaking of big dogs. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of little dogs, <laughs> the Broncos are small dogs in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And, man, I kind of love the Broncos in this spot. I'm not sure why I don't have this as a best bet. I'm not sure what I was thinking. The Broncos, this is a Broncos home game. The Chargers are not going to be – they're not going to be fans here. The Chargers stink. They Chargers fans hate this team. Brandon Staley stinks. They just talked about he's going to bench. He's like, my bench, Austin Eckler. And I wouldn't be surprised if we came to find out that they don't want to pay Austin Eckler his incentives, and that's why they're benching him, because he's close to getting his touchdown numbers, and they don't want to pay him when he's averaging low yardage totals. Professors, you tend to agree? I completely agree, Brinson. I think the wrong team is favored here. If you remember our Monday podcast, uh, the look-ahead segment, I thought the Broncos uh, should be favored in this game. I'm not sure why they're not. This Chargers team is completely cratering. I have a lot more confidence in what I've seen from the Broncos. Broncos offense has been a complete mess. They're completely unable to run the ball. You have Brandon Staley come out and say that there's going to be a lot more competition for carries. Eckler's averaging 3.5 yards per carry, and he's making a very minimal impact in the passing game where last year he was second in the NFL in receptions. So he is just does not look anywhere close to 100%, lacking his usual burst and lateral quickness there. So something is seriously wrong as far as Eckler is concerned. And this whole Chargers offense as a whole just really hasn't been able to recover since losing Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer. So a lot more confidence in this very balanced Broncos team who's been effective, both running the ball, throwing the ball, and then defensively they've made huge strides uh, since early in the season where they were absolutely awful. They've been pretty respectable over the last five to six weeks. I know you guys have best bets on this, and I know I'm going to end up pushing it up against the time limit. I don't care because uh, <laughs> my dad, my my dad's team that I was I was shepherding while he while they were going out of town made the playoffs, number three seed. 
Got a big matchup. Good job, Bob. Way to go, me. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're not there yet. We will the championship. We will take down the. This is, a, this is his work league, right? Like if he if he wins, they're all he's gonna be, he's gonna peacock. Yes, yeah, the law firm league. He's gonna peacock up and down the hall at the at the firm, and they'll be like, "Will it'll be awesome." So we, we want him to win. He has Eckler on the team. Mm-hmm. Devin Achan. We added him on waivers. Not bad by beautiful, me. Good job, good job by me. So we got Achan there. And in the flex currently, Alexander Madison and Aaron Jones on the bench. Also, Puka Nakua might come in. Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle at wide receiver. So what I'm wondering is, is it worth benching Austin Eckler, given what we heard from Brandon Staley and playing uh, Madison and then putting Puka Nakua in at flex? Is it a PPR league? It is a PPR league. I think the upside with Eckler is honestly too high. Too high to, to take him out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, RJ, same thing. Hundred percent, same side. I was going to ask okay. the same question and give you the same advice. Yep. Um, in this game, you know, you guys talk about how the the Chargers are creating. I will remind you that they won and covered last week. You know, it was six nothing against an awful Patriots offense in bad weather, and even with that performance, they ranked twenty eighth in yards per play on defense still, and facing a solid offense. Do not trust them at all, especially with Joey Bosa hurt. Um, Denver's offense had a rare turnover issue against Houston. They're still 17th in yards per play, 17-plus points in all but one game since week one. I believe that they are going to score points here against this defense. And the, and the Denver defense kept the team in the game versus Houston. Everything was going wrong for them. Minus three turnover margin. Um, offense was struggling. And the defense, only two to 12 drives were over 40 yards for Houston against a very explosive Houston offense. So good things about Denver's defense there. Um, we'll have to monitor the certain injury. Um, he picked up an injury in that game. We'll see how he practices. If he plays, I think he's going to do a pretty good job limiting a banged up Keenan Allen. You talked about the struggling Eckler. I don't know how this offense picks up a lot of points. And the Chargers wins this season. It was a coin flip game against Minnesota early on. And then they beat Aiden O'Connell in his first start, Tyson Bajan, Zach Wilson, and Bailey Zappi. So when you're facing a solid quarterback like Russell Wilson, who's having a really good season this year, good luck for that defense. Um, I like the uh, the pick that, that Katie's going to give out here, but at the number of two and a half, just made too much sense to pair it with Baltimore in my teaser, teasing Denver up to plus eight and a half with Baltimore minus one and a half. Love it. Uh, I'm laying the two or no, I'm taking the two and a half um, with the Broncos. Like everyone has said so far, the wrong team uh, is favored here. The Chargers offense is just so one dimensional right now. It's not hard to figure out. All they do is throw the ball to Keenan Allen. And like you said, RJ, he's a little bit banged up right now. And this Broncos um, secondary and just defense of a whole started terrible. Now all of a sudden they're looking elite. We'll have to monitor that injury with Patrick Sertan. Um, but I I don't think he'll have too much of a hard time if he is a go uh, guarding Keenan Allen. And you look at this team like the Chargers, they just turn the ball over at really an alarming rate. And much of the success that Denver had during their five game winning streak was um, winning the turnover battle and really getting lucky on there. So I just don't see. Yes, they technically won and covered last week, but six and zero versus the Patriots. Um, you know, isn't exactly something to to write home against. So I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, take the two and a half. Just take the two and a half at this point. But I do really like um, that teaser. All right. Probably the best game of the weekend that everyone's looking forward to. Buffalo Bills at Kansas City. Everybody remember. What channel is it on? It's on CBS Sports. Is it? Is this? Is this the A team? Is this the Tony uh, yeah, yeah, Nance, yeah, yeah. Wilson? Yeah. This, this is the. They don't announce it till like two weeks before. But this is they, this was a this is A team lock when the C, when the schedule was released in April. Yeah, everybody remembers the AFC um, 
conference championship game, uh, you know, the, the, what was it? Overtime. And then the rules were changed every time these two teams. Yep. 13 seconds. Yep, exactly. All right. Chiefs laying one and a half. This total 48 and a half. Um, We've got some opposing bets here. I'll go to you first, Brinson. You like the bills. I'm going to take the bills. And um, this is kind of one of those where I take the bills and then I see RJ on the chiefs and I think to myself, damn it. But both these teams are desperate in different ways. The Chiefs are eight and four. The number one seed, which they've had the last few years, and that's why the like twelve and, years in a row or something crazy, right? Or eight years in a row? Well, how many it, years? It's eight. I think it's like four, right? They've had it every year since Mahomes took over. So I yeah. guess it is like oh, six. Maybe they just well, made no, the, the Titans. Titans, 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 Titans had it one year. That's right. They had to go to. They have to. But they played. The, did they play the Titans in the championship game or the divisional? Was it the championship? I don't know. I think Tennessee lost their first round game. The first time they played, not first round, obviously, but I don't think the Titans made the conference championship that year. Yeah, that was the year that that uh, the the Chiefs got down to Deshaun Watson early, big came back against him. They got down to the Titans and came back against him. Big point being is the Chiefs, the the Chiefs, just like with the Patriots in the Belichick Tom Brady run, getting the number one seed means you play one less playoff game. And it gives you home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It's massive. And the Chiefs really want that. They're desperate to get it. The Bills are even more desperate, though. They are 6-6. Six and six. If they lose this game, adios amigo playoffs. And possibly adios Sean McDermott. Uh, Tyler Dunn had a big article blaming uh, Sean McDermott for the the Bills uh, playoff window closing, the Super Bowl window closing, and his failure to utilize Josh Allen properly and is blaming it on everybody else. Three-part piece on golongtv.com. I highly suggest you check it out. Good article. And like Sean McDermott's job is in the balance. I mean, you know, Terry Pagula is not exactly afraid to fire somebody. So this is a huge game for the Bills. They're coming off their bye. I think they come out and play a really inspired game, and Josh Allen steps up in a massive way. We get a huge Stephon Diggs game, and the Bills find a way to win this one. You know, take the money line, take the plus one and a half. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be an awesome game. I would be shocked if either of these teams blew each, either one of them out. They're, they're going to be able to come back. The Bills don't have – I think the Bills will use the, the the bye to get a little healthy on defense, re, you know, sort of readjust things. I like Buffalo to win it, but, you know, it's it's. I think it's going to be a really close game. RJ, you're on the other side. Hence the close line. Yes. Yeah, the pro the pros were on the Bills early in the week at two and a half. That's why it dropped down to one and a half. I think they're reacting to Buffalo's defense getting healthier. Um, but obviously they still don't have Trey White, Matt Bellano, Daquan Jones, still missing several key pieces of that defense. And the Chiefs defense, you know, has been shaking their last two, but they did hold Miami and Philly under 300 yards at home in two games prior. This is a spot where I think they can show up. They are dealing with injury issues themselves at linebacker. We'll see if Nick Bolton can return for this game. If not, Drew Tranquil is also banged up. So if they're missing both guys in the middle, um, I'm a little bit more worried about taking Kansas City minus one and a half, but I think one of them will play. Um, Buffalo, you know, ran the ball 78 times in the last two games before the bye. They're going to want to come out and run the ball here. Um, so having those linebackers will be key. I just don't trust the Buffalo defense to get consistent pressure in Kansas City. And Mahomes, I think, can pick apart this secondary, especially with Rasheed Rice really emerging as a number one receiver to complement Pacheco and Kelsey in that offense. Ultimately, it just comes down to I feel the Chiefs are a tier above the Bills and the Chiefs get a, a, a point and a half for home field at least. So I don't think these teams are even. I think the, the Chiefs should be probably laying three points here. So I made Chiefs minus one and a half a best bet. And the Chiefs yeah. have made the playoffs, I think, eight years in a row. That's the number I was thinking of. 
And RJ mentioned how much Buffalo has been running the football, especially since uh, Joe Brady has taken over the offensive play calling. James Cook, I love him in this spot. Over 44 and a half rushing yards. In my opinion, this number should have been 54 and a half. Buffalo has been one of the more balanced football teams since Brady has taken over play calling. As I mentioned, uh, Cook has had 17 carries and 16 carries as well. Uh, so he's been the focal point really of Buffalo's offense and this Chiefs defense. 31st heading into last week they were 31st in EPA allowed per rush 32nd in win stop run rate so they are very vulnerable up the middle and I believe that'll be the focal point of Buffalo's game plan and we'll see a heavy heavy dose of James Cook who's had three consecutive weeks of 100 combined scrimmage yards and has really been one of the best offensive players in Buffalo all right we've got a massive game on Sunday night. The Eagles at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are back involved in the divisional race to a degree. Still got an uphill battle to fight here with Philadelphia. But with Philly losing to San Francisco at home, defense has been exposed a bit for Philly. Hadn't been great lately. Cowboys are playing some awesome football. Dak Prescott, you want to talk about an MVP slingshot opportunity. If he oh, lights yeah. up this Eagles defense... Dak's already the top option, I think, in a lot at, at FanDuel for MVP. He would be probably get under two to one to win MVP if he can if he can win this game. Although usually you have to be the one or two seed. I think with the Cowboys and all that comes with that, and Dak's sort of the way that it's been talked about and how awesome Dak has been. Wouldn't be surprising if they got this. Um Eagles much more banged up than the Cowboys right now. Cowboys getting healthier at the right time. Mike McCarthy, their biggest injury, and he's going to be on the sidelines, had an emergency appendix injury or surgery. I'm on the Cowboys here. Cowboys minus three and a half. It's a big line. As usual with this show, I bet my best bet, and I look at RJ's bet for the same game, and I'm like, damn it, that's a better pick. Uh, but I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three and a half. I think even Dallas, money. And even money, yeah. I think the Cowboys get it done. I think they come out slinging it. And Philadelphia, with it banged up, Jalen Hurts struggles. I think they'll keep up. There's a ton of points scored in this game. Would not be surprised if we see the over hit. But I like the Cowboys to win this game. They have um, they are undefeated on the season, 6-0, I think, at home, with a plus 153-point differential in those six games. That is ridiculous. They are awesome at home, and they are out for revenge against the Eagles, who they should have beaten the first time. Couldn't agree with you more, Brinson. I am on the same one here. Look, the Eagles got the <laughs> – Break speed off of them. Die, uh, eagles die <laughs> on the road to treachery. You said it, not me. You said it, not me. Uh, and look, if we, if we think back to le- like that was anybody who watched that game, that was an incredibly physical, chippy game, um, like a, a emotionally heightened game for both teams. I just think that the Eagles are tired here. They're pretty banged up. Um, and even last year, if you looked at, you know, San Francisco's particular brand of, of defense made it so that teams the following week ended up losing the very next week. I just think it's a really bad spot um, for Philly this week. And like you said, Dallas is just playing too good at home. They average 41 points per game at Cowboy Stadium versus just 23 away. Obviously, Philadelphia got the best of them in that matchup, but that was in Philadelphia. Um, so I, I think we might see a big, sh- not, not a shakeup, but an even out, if you will, of the NFC um, after this weekend. And there's one team that's got a tiebreaker. 
Yeah, that's why I have Dallas over 27 and a half points. Uh, I think the Eagles can be competitive in this game, but Dallas is just at home, just scoring points left and right. I think it's 40 in each of their last four games. Um, Dallas does have the better beef defense in this game, ranking fourth in your entry play to Philly's 24th. They also have the better offense, seventh versus 13th in that metric. Philly's offense ranks 21st in sack rate, 22nd in interception rate, while Dallas's defense thrives on getting pressure and generating turnovers, and they can score themselves, as we have seen. The Eagles' defense is having trouble getting off the field on third down, ranking 32nd in success rate, while Dallas's offense is second. So I expect the Philly defense that got worn out in that Buffalo game. It was an overtime game where they had to be on the field for 90-plus plays. Then the next week, they had to come back and play the San Francisco offense that can beat you every which way. I don't know that how they're going to catch their breath for this game here, um, and I just think the Cowboys are going to score points. I'm not going to take the three and a half. I, you know, At three, I like the Cowboys, um, so I wanted to make an argument for the Eagles catching the hook. I couldn't do it. I think Dallas has to have this win to stay in the division race, obviously, and they're just going to score a bunch of points. I love getting the over at 27 and a half if you have that ability. Never thought we'd become a Cowboys podcast, and here we are. Sorry, Prof. Oh, uh, two Monday Night Football games. We're going to breeze through these bad boys real quick. The Titans at the Dolphins. Dolphins minus 13.5, over under a 46.5. Um, man, these are, these, are, these are awesome. A good four games, too, because they're a good two games just because of like the fantasy implications. Um, this is a big playoff week for fantasy. And then the other one, the Packers minus 6.5. At the Giants, the Packers getting some juice there, a total of 36.5 up to 37. I think I would lean towards laying the points with both of these uh, teams. The Giants, the Packers playing much better defense. Jordan Love playing great football. can see him slinging the ball all over this Giants defense, assuming the weather uh, isn't bad. And then I don't see how Tennessee remotely slows down Tyreek Hill in this and, and Tua Tungvaluwa in this spot. And it's like... You know, Will Levis is going to have to drop back 40 times, RJ, in order for the Titans to try and cover. And you need like some kind of backdoor business from DeAndre Hopkins. So um, don't hate the idea. I guess you wouldn't tease the the two teams. They would, would use seven and a half. But I don't, I just, I, I think I like both favorites in the spot, I believe. It's interesting that the market is coming down on the Dolphins line a little bit. We see some 13s. Um, you know, I think 12 and a halves might be available too, um, at least down here in Florida. Um, it's interesting with Tennessee's defense losing Jeffrey Simmons to an injury. I don't know how they can stop him rushing or passing at that point. Um, so I think it feels like Miami can do whatever it wants and Titans left to score to keep up, which they're 30th on, on third down and in the red zone. So I don't know if they're equipped to go blow for blow. So I would lead to the, the Dolphins there too. In that other game, I'm a little bit worried that we're inflating the Packers um, rating at this point. Obviously, they're, they're, they're on a great run. Um, no turnovers last three games. Jordan Love looks like the real deal. The next Aaron Rodgers, the next Brett Favre, next in the line of succession there. Seems like this number is getting a little bit too high here. It might get to seven in some spots. At seven, I think you want to look to the Giants as ugly as they look. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Harry, throw up. There it is, the betting recap. Brinson, walk us through your bets. Hey, the Ravens minus seven. I just got an alert from the CBS Sports app. If you don't have that, what are you thinking? Download the CBS Sports app. You get alerts for all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports. That uh, Lamar Jackson was not a practice. Obviously, if Lamar Jackson isn't playing in that game, I wouldn't want the Ravens, but I made it my best bet. So here we are. The <laughs> Panthers plus five and a half. The Colts minus one and a half. Cleveland minus three. Buffalo uh, plus one and a half. And Dallas minus three and a half. Katie, what about yours? Love that. I'm looking at Jake Browning. Over 12 and a half rush yards, Jared Goff over one and a half pass touchdowns, San Francisco over their team total, 28 and a half, Denver plus two, and Dallas minus three and a half. RJ. 
I have Kieran Williams over 17 and a half receiving yards. I will note that the line in Baltimore has not dropped. It's still seven and a half across the board. So I think it's just an illness. I don't think people think he's actually injured. I still like my teaser of Baltimore minus one and a half and Denver plus eight and a half. Also have Zach Moss to score a touchdown anytime. Um, you can either get plus 100 or minus 105, depending on the books you're looking at at this point. Atlanta minus one and a half. Vegas plus three. Kansas City minus one and a half. And Dallas team total over 27 and a half points. And I've got Kieran Williams under 68 and a half rushing yards. Chuba Hubbard over 12 and a half rushing attempts. Zach Moss over 68 and a half rushing yards. And last but not least, James Cook over 44 and a half rushing yards. And fly, Eagles fly on the road to victory. <laughs> Three of the biggest Eagles haters I've ever heard uh, I am teamed up with here as my colleagues. So we'll see what happens this weekend, guys. We absolutely will. That is the show. Make sure you join uh, us all week long. And specifically this Sunday, the Super Friends are going to be recapping week 14 of the NFL season. So make sure you um, check us out there on YouTube. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on that YouTube page. If you're listening to the audio version, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Good luck with your bets. Again, Super Friends, we'll see you Tuesday. Have a good weekend.